to continue our series on entrusted, being stewards of the everything that God has, has blessed us with. And today we're going to focus on stewarding vocation. And I'll unpack what that means um, a little bit later on. But today I is, I've wrestled with the scripture for this morning, this past week. It led me to begin to think about... Um, just selfishly, what do, I want to, what do I want people to remember about me? What do I want them to say about me when my time is done? Whatever that means, whatever that looks like. And, and that led me um, to, to sit in front of my computer and, and get online, which is a dangerous and interesting thing to do, and, and start searching for tombstone inscriptions on words that people wanted said about them on their tombstone or maybe that other people said about them. So, so if you would join me maybe in, in kind of smiling with this, you know, you could have something like this when you think about what you want to say when your time is done. I, I told you I was sick, very matter of fact, if you're kind of an I told you so person. That one jumped out to me. Um, the second one uh, is, is really practical. Rest in peace, but please deactivate my Facebook account. You know, for those of you who are there on social media, that might be a, a last message you want conveyed. This third one is actually a real-life tombstone. I think somewhere out in Arizona. Uh, it's a play on words, and, and obviously for a different generation, um, different time in, in our country's history. But here lies Lester Moore, four slugs from a 44. No less, no more. Um, that one got my attention. Hopefully none of us can, can uh, have that on our tombstone, but um, it, it, funny, if you will. And then the last one, if you have a, a, a name, you can play on it like this. This is my favorite. Here lies John Yeast. Pardon me for not rising. I know many of you are thinking of all the ways he could begin a sermon. Why did he do that? I, I don't know. I just... Um, I appreciate you laughing along with that, but um, thinking about um, when our time is done, uh, what may be said about us, how we may be remembered, that's something that, that's going to kind of come back through the message today. We will um, look at, at a passage from 2 Timothy that, that Aaron's already alluded to with the kids and, and looked at part of. Um, Last, last week, and as Aaron reminded us today, this, this is a, kind of a, an interesting letter from Paul, an older minister near the end of his life, written to the younger minister, Timothy. So it's, it's, it's packed full of, of this guidance, this wisdom, the, these, if you will, last words, um, last wishes that, that Paul wants to make sure Timothy hears before Paul's life is done. So I invite you to follow along with me as we read 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 6. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And then we'll drop down to verse 16. At my first offense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them, but the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. 
So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. As I mentioned last week, uh, there, there are things that are written here minister to minister that, that may not relate to us so much, but um, we're going to pull out three, three principles, three points from this passage and apply them later on to, to when we think about vocation and what God, God has called us to do in life. And, and the first thing that stood out to me um, is, is, is the, probably the most famous verse in this passage, verse 7. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. That idea of no regrets, or maybe to say it a little bit better, uh, living as if you, you know you've done your best. You know you have laid it all out there. You know you have poured everything you've had into what God has called you to do. And because of that, you, you are able to, to truly say as Paul did, I, I've, the race is almost over. I can see the finish line, but I have no regrets. I've done everything within my power to live for God the best I could. Um, I, I was really interested in what Paul didn't write. He, he didn't follow that up, though, by getting into all the things he accomplished. He didn't talk about, you know what, I, I, I've lived my life, I started this church, I started that church, I've, I've helped lead this many people to Christ, I, I have done, I've accomplished all these things. He, he didn't go that direction with that, and, and I found that interesting. Uh, maybe it's because I think too much like that, that I've got to accomplish this, that, and another thing. Um, but Paul focused on doing his best, and, and that being his message to Timothy. Timothy, just do your best. Do, do, put your heart into it. Do everything you can to, to finish the race, and fight the good fight, finish the race, and keep the faith. So, so living life with no regrets is, is the first point from Paul. The second point, um, in verse 16, he wrote, At my first defense, no one came to my support. All deserted me. We know that Paul wrote this letter when he was sitting in a prison cell, most likely alone. And, and he alludes to how when he needed people, or when he wished people perhaps would have come to his defense, nobody showed up. And in a very real way, he was, he was abandoned. He was, he was isolated. He was on an island because of his faith, because of how he, he was called to, to follow Jesus and proclaim the message of Jesus to others. And I wonder if, if, if you've ever been that way or felt that way in your life because of your faith, because of the words you've said um, uh, about your faith or because of how that led you to behave or relate to someone or to distance yourself from, from something, um, has that ever put you in a situation where, where you identify this? I, I'm abandoned. It, it's just me and God. Um, sometimes, sometimes that's where, where our faith and living out our faith leads us to. The, the message paraphrase, some of you are familiar with the message. Again, it's, it's not a translation, but it's a paraphrase that Eugene Peterson wrote about these words. It, it puts the, this, these for, for verses in this context, starting in verse 16. Paul's, Paul, as if he was saying, at my preliminary hearing, 
No one stood by me. They all ran like scared rabbits. But it doesn't matter. The master stood by me and helped me spread the message loud and clear to those who had never heard it. I was snatched from the jaws of the lion. God's looking after me, keeping me safe in the kingdom of heaven. All praise to him, praise forever. So, so Paul goes from this, this feeling of very, the reality of being alone, being no one else around him, no one else to defend him, but very quickly he, he turns to who is still with him. And that's the third, third point here, that knowing that God is always with him, knowing that God is always standing by him. In verse 17 and 18, but the Lord stood by me and gave me strength. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. This is one of those things I, I, I struggle with daily in my faith. This idea that, and this, this foundational belief that as a Christian, as I do my best to follow God every day and live for Jesus every day, that the external circumstances, those things going on around me, they, they don't indicate or they shouldn't point out to me or I shouldn't equate them with God's faithfulness to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to explain. I hope, hope this makes sense. I'm struggling for the words right now. But the, the idea that when I have a bad day at work um, and things don't go my way, um, that, that has nothing to do with God's love for me. The fact, of course, when my, my favorite football team can't score a touchdown in the second half of a game, that has nothing to do with God's love for me. Um, when, when the stock market goes down or up or whatever, whatever it is, those external things that I feel like affect my life and they do affect my life, that has nothing to do with how much God loves me. And Paul reminds us of that as he's sitting in a jail cell. Obviously, his circumstances aren't, aren't well. Um, his health is failing. That His days are numbered. But yet, he can still say, the Lord stood by me and gave me strength. So those three things, living life with no regrets. The second one, sometimes our faith leads us to be alone or to be isolated from others. And third, the truth that God stands with us no matter the circumstances. Let's take those and, and apply them or think about them in the context of stewarding our vocation stewarding what God has called us to do. Um, I, I don't know if you were like me, but when I was much younger, I, I, I felt like God, God called people and God was involved in people's life who were, who were doing, you know, churchy things. Uh, obviously, missionaries that were called to Africa. God was, they were doing what God called them to do. God was a part of their life. People that served on church ministry staffs, God was involved in their life and they were called to do what God called them to do, but, but the rest, all the rest of us that were in the secular world, whatever that means, but we were, we were, we had this, this kind of barrier. We, let's use this one right here. So with that, in, you know, it, thankfully over time I realized, no, there's, there's no distinction there. Of course, 
each of us as we follow Christ and live out Christ's life, whether it's in church, missionary life, secular life, whatever it might be, God is a part of all of that. And we have the opportunity to, to live out those vocations as God has entrusted us with for his kingdom and his glory. Um, before we go any further, though, really wanted to drill down on, on this idea of vocation. And what does that mean? Because I know there's, there's some in this room, some listening, that um, are, are still uh, in education, in grade school, middle school, high school, college, still trying to figure out their career path. This applies to you. There are some of, of you that are on the other end of the spectrum where you're retired or semi-retired and your professional careers is done. This applies to you and it applies to all of us in, in between as well. But the idea of vocation, um, again, in my, my internet wanderings, I landed on merriamwebster.com, online dictionary. Um, when vocation was first used in English in the 15th century, it referred specifically to a summons from God to perform a particular task or function in life, or especially a religious one. So in English, this has always been tied to living for God. Vocation, what, what is God calling you to do for God? And then the, the roots of it comes from the Latin vocation, vocatio, meaning summons, which in turn comes from vocare, meaning to call. And then the third bullet point there, vocation is a synonym of the words calling and occupation. So, okay, so, so to move forward here, I just want you to think about in this season of your life, what is your calling? And we all have one. So, so you can't cop out and say, well, I'm retired, I don't have one. You can't say I'm a student, so I don't have one. What is your calling right now in this season of life? Think about what that means for you, how you would, fill, how you would answer that question, fill in that blank. And then let's, let's move forward here because as, as we think about this opportunity we have as, as following Christ and being entrusted with this calling in this season of life that you have, it's, it's a special, oper, uh, special privilege, a special opportunity. And we'll just go back and, and we'll revisit our, our three points from Paul. Are, are you living out this season in your life um, with no regrets? Are you living out the season of life, doing your best, whatever that might be? Um, we've probably all been in situations, especially work settings or, or going to a boring class we've had to go to, where we show up as late as we possibly could and leave as early as we could and do the bare minimum to get by. Um, you know, and, and that's not exactly what, what we're talking about here, but, but giving your best effort more than the, the, perhaps what's required. What, are, you, are, are you doing it in a way that when it's all said and done, when this season comes to a close for you, you have no regrets about it? And I really don't know why, but, but God is, has really not let me get away from something that's not in Scripture about this, but something I think God wants me to say to myself and to you today. And, and it, it's as we think about vocation it's easy to get focused on the task, on the job. I have to show up and I have to do my homework. I have to turn in this report. I go and do whatever it is, the, the task of our vocation. But God has really impressed upon me this week how important the people are 
in whatever that vocation, whatever that calling is in your stage of life. We've talked before about the encouragement, the, the importance of, of encouraging others. The, the, Paul wrote about proclaiming the message faithfully. So that may be something that, that God wants you to hear today as you think about the calling that God has placed on your life in this season. Don't neglect the people. Um, just, just today, I, I'm so appreciative of, of someone that came up and just, just encouraged me out of the blue when, when I needed it. Um, so in this context of vocation, think about those that you relate to. They may be peers. They may be the people that, in school that you share a lunch table with. Maybe your boss, maybe the people you supervise. Um, but how is God wanting you to live out your calling related to those other people? How, as you have a chance to rub shoulders with them, if you have a chance to, to say a kind word to them, as you have a chance to see that they are going through something and, and they need someone to let them know, hey, somebody cares. And I know there's a God that cares about you as well, and I'll be praying for you. But, but as we're called to do our best, to have no regrets, don't miss that part of, of the people that God places in your life. Then, then the second part that we've talked about, about being alone, being isolated, sometimes that's, that's the reality, unfortunately. As we live out our faith, especially in a, in a situation where it comes to our calling or our work, Sometimes that leads to situations where we are on an island, where we feel like there's no one with us. Um, I was talking to uh, two, different, two different ladies in, in recent weeks. One of them, as a coworker, that, that said some very ugly things to her, and yet she has to go on, and, and that coworker continues to be her coworker. But, but there's a division there. Another person who, who has a boss who's, who's micromanaging and, and not supportive and, and this person has nowhere to go but to talk to somebody else or to find support and she's on an island as well but still doing her best. So, so that's, I don't know, that's not really encouraging but that's the reality sometimes as we follow Christ and live out our faith just like Paul was alone, sometimes we find ourselves in that situation. But never forget the third point. Never forget that God is standing with you. As we follow Christ, as we live out this calling in, in our stage of life, God stands with you. God is there no matter what, no matter the circumstances, no matter what happens. And God desires to be a part of what you're doing. So with all that said, um, I, I've really wondered, okay, what's the best way to wrap this, this message up? And I, I just want to return back to, to the verse Aaron talked about, verse we talked about together earlier, verse 7 of this passage. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. We all are, are so blessed and so privileged that God has given us this season of life, whatever that is. It may not feel like a blessing depending on where you're at and what your circumstances are. But God has given us, God has entrusted us with whatever vocational season we're in to live for him, to live for God's purpose and glory. 
And in the bigger picture, um, you know, the, the fact that we have this opportunity to live for God is, is um, an indication to me and a reminder to me just how God desires to be involved in every part of our life. And that's what I'll wrap things up with this morning is, is the good news that God desires to be with you. Even when you're alone and isolated for whatever reason, even when the circumstances aren't going your way, God desires to be with you and wants to be a part of your work and your calling and your vocation. God loves you so much that, that his son Jesus was sent to, to die for you and to give his life so that you can have life and experience life and fulfillment in this world, to forgive you of your sins and mistakes, to give you purpose and meaning as you move forward. So with that in mind, I, I just encourage all of us to, to be able to, to live our faith out in a way where we can say, just like Paul, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Please pray with me. Lord God, we thank you so much that you want to be involved and you are involved in every aspect of our lives. Thank you that you are here with us today. Thank you that you know every one of our situations, that you know our seasons of life as we're called to live for you and to, to work and glorify you and your kingdom. And God, I pray for each of us here that you'll speak into our, our hearts and our lives now. Meet us where we are. Help us to hear your words and follow you as you lead us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.